in Hebrews 2, it says, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the words spoken through angels provide proved steadfast in every transgression and disobedience received, received as a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? And so clearly today, one of the, the big themes over this is going to be salvation, but, but more than that, salvation himself, which is Jesus Christ. Um, I don't have a title for today's teaching. Um, I definitely wouldn't call it a sermon. I'm not sure what I would call it. Call it. Actually, at the top of my page, it's got Mount Kizadek on it. And y'all don't even know what that is. You've read it and thought, oh, I don't know what that is. And you just keep going. Um, this will be a, a teaching that I'm going to go deeper into later because we need to understand Mount Kizadek. And I just want to, I'm going to give you a few things on Melchizedek. And if you need to know how to spell that, I'm going to say it real quickly. So if you want to know, you better be ready. I'm only saying it once. M-E-L-C-H-I-Z-E-D-E-K. Melchizedek. Um, so we know very little about this man in the Bible. Um, we know that he has no mother or father. Um, that's very weird for someone that would be in, in the word because there's no chronological, there's no chronicles of his family, his mama, his daddy, he, he was a son of so-and-so. It doesn't say that. Um, even in the book, the chronicle book, it doesn't even have him listed. Uh, he, he had no birth and no death. There's no, there's no recorded birth for him. There's no recorded death for him anywhere to be found. Um, we know that he's greater than Abraham and Aaron because uh, Abraham looked up to him. Abraham gave his tithe to this king, uh, the, the king Melchizedek. Um, he was also listed as the king of peace. Um, we also know another king of peace, Jesus. He was also listed, his name Melchizedek actually means king of righteousness. We know another king of righteousness, Jesus Christ. Uh, we know that the order that was established because of his priesthood and his livelihood um, is, is royal and everlasting. We know that Jesus Christ is listed under this order, that, that Jesus is a priest in the, under the order of Melchizedek. And basically what that means is that Jesus was a part of this perfect priesthood, um, this perfect priesthood, this perfect nation, this, this perfect holiness. Uh, we also know that Abraham uh, was blessed by this man. If you'll actually turn with me to Genesis 14, 19. We'll just do this real quick because I think it's important. Real quick, get there, get there, get there, get there. Nobody's moving, get there. See, real church service, I can't do this. But I can in this. Get there. 14, Genesis 14, 19, and 20. I'm just going to read the blessing. Um, and, and it says, I'm actually going to start 18. It says, the Melchizedek, king of Salem, you understand he was the king of Salem, uh, brought out bread and wine. Sound familiar? <laughs> what the heck? He was the priest of God most high. 
the only person listed is this, um, and he blessed him and said. So we could go all back to Genesis 3 where God gives a promise to Abraham. He said, I'll bless those that bless you. So I think Melchizedek is in this priesthood. He understands this. He has no father, no mother, but here he stands before Abraham who has been given the promise from God that I'm going to bless those that bless you. And in order to stay in that perfect priesthood, then, then this Melchizedek, he knew I need to bless this man. And then by blessing this man, I'll receive a blessing. And he says, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, professor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. So Abraham begins to tithe to this king that blessed him. Um, we know now that we tithe and our tithe goes to God. Abraham was tithing to this man. I'm not trying to tell you that, that Melchizedek was Jesus. I'm not trying to tell you that Melchizedek was God. A lot of people do believe that. Um, I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm just saying there's some definite correlations here that are taking place. And it's not uncommon for Yahweh to put in his word a lot of predecessors uh, or pre-people pre before Jesus that were to be a salvation, a savior of some sort before the perfect salvation was coming. They were not, I, I don't believe now more than ever that they were ever supposed to save the world. I believe that they were creating a foundation for the cornerstone to come and be. Um, like I said, this is going to blow some of you out of the water. I get that. Uh, that's okay. I think that's good for you. Like I said in, in the prayer, I want this to challenge us to go deeper into the word. Uh, I preach sermons and I, and I, I talk certain ways. To, to spark wonder because wonder sparks hunger because you need to hunger and thirst after the things of God. Back in Hebrews, we're going to go to 110 through 12. Um, it seems like I'm going fast. It's because I can't slow down. So, And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. This is in 110 through 12. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will fold them up and they will be changed, but you are the same and your years will not fail. Let's just talk about that for a second because there's a lot of things that, that I just feel coming up in my spirit. Um, because I, I don't have a lot of notes here today, guys. As you can see, mostly it's just scripture. I, I don't I don't mind to show you my notes um, because I don't come with a lot of notes. I write down more during my sermon than I do before it, um, because I just I, I must live on a life of faith um, because it's what keeps me alive. And I, I pray I pray a prayer that I pray almost every Sunday morning is Lord, you you promised me. That for me not to worry about what I would say when I would stand before kings and priests because the Holy Spirit would speak for me. And I'm asking for that today. I call upon that promise. And so most of the time, I, I, don't, I don't much know where we're going to go exactly. I have an idea of a subject matter. But I want to talk about this a little bit because it says, it, it, talk, it points out the fact that Jesus was there in the beginning and that he laid, he laid the foundations of the earth. He did it. 
Um, and the heavens are the works of his hands. He was the one that molded and sculpted and put together the heavens. The heavens, if you can imagine. Like earth, we can imagine, and we think of heaven, and we think that's even greater, and I agree with you that it is, but, but Jesus, the same Jesus that, that, that molded and sculpted the earth, that, that laid the foundations and everything within it, is the same one that did the heavens. So, so the heavens will be greater not because of the creation that is going to be greater when we get there by looking at it, but because Jesus is there. The Father is there. The angels are there. The glory is there. The earth would be the same if they came here because they would be here. The only difference is where they're staying right now, and that's what makes it great. That's what makes it holy. That's that's what makes it better. It's not it's not the I don't I don't actually believe that the roads would probably be paved in actual gold. I believe that's a metaphor. I believe that it's paved in glory because they are there. If they come here, the roads here will be paved in glory. But the same Jesus that made the heavens made the earth, and you need to understand that. And, and right here, you know, you got Paul, he's writing this and he, and he doesn't, he's pulling from another set of scripture that was said by someone else. And he, he, he does not, um, you know, this is, this is pulled from David in the Psalms and, and David and, and Paul is quoting what David has said, the man after God's own heart. And he said, he says, you got to get this guys because he says, they will perish. He's talking about the heavens and the earth. So it, for, for those that have grown up in religion where heaven was the destination for so long, why would you want to go somewhere that's going to perish? I want to go somewhere that's going to remain. And his name is Jesus. I probably will not get through all these scriptures today. If I do, I'll be amazed. <coughs> um, but it's it's... It shows the insignificance in these, these few verses here of the heavens and the earth in comparison to the mightiness, the righteousness, the holiness, the grandeur of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Because it says, like a cloak, you will fold them up. So, so he's going to literally take the heavens and the earths in his hands and fold them up like he would a blanket. A blanket will keep you warm. A blanket is nice to have, but it's not significant in your livelihood, in your daily life. It's not something you think about all the time. It's something that's there when you need it. And he says, and they will be changed. They're going to perish. And when you fold them up in your hands, by your hands folding them, they will be changed. That's good. But... You are the same. You are the same. You were the same when you made the heavens. You were the same when you made the earth. You're the same when you fold them up. And you're the same when you change them. Everything about you is the same. Oh yeah, and by the way, his years will not fail. His years will not fail. Now, 2-1, we read that a while ago. I want to read it again. It says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. At least we drift away. So you just heard something. 
You just heard something that maybe you never heard before. You heard it taught a certain way. Maybe you've read it, but you never heard it. You never really heard it, but now you've heard it. And so there we must be given more earnest heed. We must steward what we heard. So we won't drift away because the lack of stewardship in your life can cause you to drift away from the things of God. For the word spoken through the angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received as a just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect a, so great a salvation which first began to be spoke by the Lord and was confirmed by us to us by those who heard him? We're going to jump down to two nine Genesis or uh, Hebrews two nine two nine and ten two nine and ten. It says, but we see Jesus, who's made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death. He was made lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Say thank you right there. Thank you. For it was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of our salvation, of their salvation, perfect through sufferings. So we want to complain about sufferings. We want to complain about hardships. We want to complain about eating peppers. We want to complain about eating mushrooms. We want to complain about assignments. And having to do things. And this person's lifted higher than me. And that person's lifted higher than me. And I feel lower than them. And I can do this and I can do that. But I can't do this and they can do this. And you want to complain about these things that are considered sufferings in your life. And I'm not discounting the sufferings in your life. I'm, I'm saying they are sufferings. But I'm saying that you need to be thankful for. I'm telling you this morning, you need to be thankful for the sufferings in your life. Because if Jesus was made perfect, he is salvation. You got to understand this, guys. You, Jesus was made perfect. No, he wasn't. He was a man. He was born a man, and he had to live perfection. It says, to make the captain of their salvation, salvation, he is salvation, Make salvation perfect through suffering. He had, to surf, he had to suffer for salvation to be perfect. Is anybody understanding me this morning? Maybe not. Nobody. Amen. For both he, he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he's not ashamed to call them brethren. He's not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed of you this morning. Even though you're lost. Even though you're lost in this teaching. Hebrews 2, 16. Let's go there. Let's just keep moving. Get more confused. Amen. I see people writing, so I must be doing all right. <clears throat> Nobody's saying amen or hallelujah, but we'll figure it out. You need to help me preach this this morning. For indeed he does not give aid to the angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Say amen to that. Wow. Amen. amen. 
He's not giving aid to the angels, guys. All these angels that y'all want to see, all these feathers and manifestations, the gold dust falling, the feathers falling, all of this stuff y'all want to see, and you become worshiping more that than you do him, he's not even giving aid to those. He's not aiding them. He sends them on a mission. Go do this. And he expects it to get done. He didn't say, oh, you didn't get it done. That's okay. Here, let me help you. Let me help you get it done. No, he expects them to do their job. He expects them to do what they were designed for. But he doesn't give aid to them, but he gives aid to the city of Abraham. Say, that's me. That's me. Say it again. That's me. That's me. Say, give me help. Give me help. I need aid. I need aid. I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm not an angel. I'm not an angel. I need your aid. I need your aid. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren. Say, Jesus was made like me. Jesus was made like me. I can't hear you. What was that again? Jesus was made like me. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. Come on, guys. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Y'all got to get this. Jesus, Jesus was made like us, just like you, just like me. Why? Let's read what it say. So that he could be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. He had to be like us so he could show you mercy. Y'all gonna get me going this morning because y'all aren't. I wrote a note last night as I was reading this because I knew the Lord wanted me to talk about intimacy. Now, it, it, this is looking different than what you thought. You thought I would talk about his eyes and his garments and how his fingers flow and how he puts it through my hair and how I weep before him and all those things are great. That's what y'all wanted. But we got to get this. Jesus had to walk through. You wanna, if you want to write something down, write this in. Jesus had to walk through pain and suffering in order to be a merciful priest unto us. He had to walk through it. He had to walk through it. He had decided that he was going to come and help us. But the only way he knew he could help us was to become us. And the only way he could become us was to step away from all the things that he was. You remember that, per that, that verse here a while back, a few seconds ago, where he created the heavens and the earths and he would fold them up? He had to step away from all that. He couldn't be that anymore. He couldn't be the, the foundation of the earth. He couldn't be the foundation of the heavens. He couldn't be the great almighty that was going to fold things up. He couldn't be what he was when he spoke to Moses. And he said, tell him that I am the great I am. He couldn't be that in order to be merciful to us. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, be faithful. Say faithful. faithful. Say faithful. Faithful. And be faithful in the things of God. Not the things of man. In the things of God. He'd, he'd walk just like you. But be faithful in the things of God. To make. That's a big word. Propitation. For the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered. 
being tempted. He is able to aid those who are tempted. If he didn't go through what he went through, he wouldn't be able to help you. That's in your Bible. Oh, but it's Jesus. He can do anything. No, he can do anything because of what he went through. He can do anything because of what he, what he went through. And listen to me. I can do all things that Christ who strengthens me, right? How? How? By walking through suffering, by walking through pain, by walking through trials, by walking through temptation. But why is that important? Right here. Because you are called to be like him. But if you can't go through temptation and be faithful in the things of God, then you can never help someone else when they're tempted. But you want to be a mother. You want to be a mentor. You want to be a father. You want to be a daughter. But you're failing in the sufferings and the temptations that are supposed to make you perfect in Christ so that you can walk through the temptations and therefore help someone else walk through that temptation. You want to be in the temptation and help somebody else through it when you're failing in it. Overcome it first. Am I preaching good this morning? Yes. yes. Let's jump over to two. No. Let's do five. Hebrews 5, 1. Hebrews 5, 1. Now we're going to talk about you. Again. We talked a lot about him, that he's this high priest. Now we're going to talk about you. What you need to become. Okay? okay. Everybody say, I'm ready to hear what I need to become. I'm ready to hear what I need to become. I don't know if I can get there. But I'm ready to hear about it. I'm ready, I'm ready to hear about it. All right, so ready? Here we go. Five one. For every high priest taken from among men. This is what y'all want to be. I'm going to talk about me for a second. I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to talk about him a lot. A lot of people see me and they want to be like me. But they ain't ready to do what it's going to take in order to get there. And I'm not arrived. I'm not the greatest. I might be the least. But I've done this. Every high priest taken from among men. Are you ready? Are you ready to give up being among men? Are you ready to step into loneliness? This is what Jesus talked about. He said, you will all forsake me and I will be alone. But I am not alone for God and my Father is with me. He was separate from men. He would go into the crowds and he would heal the sick and then he would just disappear. He would get up in the middle of the night and go and be alone in the hills and the mountains with Yahweh. He was completely separate from men while walking with men. He didn't get to do the things that man got to do. He had to be different. Now you want to be that, but you won't give it up. You won't give up those things in order for God to take you from among men. Because it says it, for every high priest. Well, this is talking about Jesus. Well, let's read on. We'll find out. Because in my Bible, every time it's talking about Jesus, when it says he, it capsulates, capsulates the H, right? Your Bible too? Yes, sir. That's good. You got the right one then. 
Forever high priest, taken from among men, is appointed for men in the things pertaining to God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Right over here in 2.16.18, it says, a high priest in the things pertaining to God. Over here in 5.1, it says, appointed for men in things pertaining to God. You think they go together? I would say that they do. I would say that Paul's, Paul is trying to show you this is who Jesus is. This is who you need to be. And this is where you are. So we need to fix some things. We need to fix some things for you to step into intimacy. We need to fix some things for him to find favor in you. We need to fix some things for him to be pleased with you. Because you want to come and run his fingers through your hair. But you can't even do the things that he'd asked you to do. I'm not mad. I promise, guys. That he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. Let's look at that word, he. Is that capitalized or lowercase? It's a lowercase h. So who is he talking about? Us, those that God would call, those that would step into. And it's not, well, okay, well, I'll just wait for God to call me. No, God's waiting for someone to step into it. And then when he sees you do it, then he calls you to it. You got to understand that you're not your your call is not predestined. There's no predestination in your call. God has already put in you every gift and every anointing that you'll have, but your call is yet to be determined based on what you're willing to do for Him now. Are you ready to give up television? Are you ready to stop watching cooking shows? Are you ready to stop reading other nonsense? Are you ready to be obedient to things that you've been told to do? No matter how insignificant you think they are. No matter if you don't understand why they're being told to be done. Are you ready to do what you've been told to do every time you're told to do it? Obedience I love greater than sacrifice. We got to obey. He may offer, he, he, us, may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. But Jesus dealt with sin. Yeah, but people keep doing it. we got to offer. We've got to be called to a priesthood that we can be faithful in the things pertaining to God. So that the gifts that you were given before the foundation of the earth, the anointings that you were given before the foundation of the earth, you can offer those. You can offer those gifts as a sacrifice for the sins of others. He can have compassion. There's a big H. So that's Jesus. That's Jesus. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself is also subject to weakness. Wait a minute. Shouldn't that say was? Because isn't Jesus sitting in glory free from all pain, free from all suffering? Isn't he a God now? Isn't he completely free from all of that? This is what most preachers teach you. That, that he's ascended to godliness and nothing of the earth can touch him. But right here, it says he can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself 
is also subject to weakness. That's us and him. It's both of us. We're both subject to weakness. We just can't choose it. Because if this is required, as for the people, so also for himself to offer sacrifices for sin, and no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. We must live a life so sanctified to him that we are taken from men, that we're separate, so that we can be appointed for men in things pertaining to God. We are called to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. I'm going to make it through all these verses. Miracle. Just skip a lot of stuff. I know Jesus. Look at him. I didn't know who was going on. Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6. How long must I bear with you? I must go away. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, this is in one, let us go on to the perfection. This is this is a time, guys, where you need to stop staying where you are. Stop being limited by what you think you can't do. And start believing that you can do. This is what he's talking about here. This is what Paul's talking about in, in chapter 6 right here. Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ. He's, don't stay there. Don't stay in the elementary version that you're comfortable with because you know it. Step into something greater. Me and my wife were talking last night about using a platform called Time Tree. It's a, it's a calendar. Um, and she's talking about using it for uh, to um, organize uh, the house and the ministry instead of doing things on paper because we have so many people around us now. And we were talking about going to that and I said, the thing is, is that people will just have to get used to the new platform because it's different. You're going to have to learn how to use it. And I said, most people don't do that because they like what they already know. And this is why when people use an iPhone for so long, they can't go to an Android. And they'll make up saying, saying, well, Apple's just better and, and all and Android's not as great. And maybe that's true. I don't know. But I think it's mostly because people are lazy and don't want to learn a new platform. I think the people become comfortable with where they're at. And instead of moving on to something greater, they stay in something less because they're comfortable with it. That's what he's talking about. Therefore, laying, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Let us go on to perfection. So right over here in 5, 1, uh, 5, actually not 1, he says, uh, let me find it here. 
I can find it. It's in my Bible. Those who are ignorant and going astray. Ignorant and going astray. You don't want to be ignorant. You don't want to be ignorant. You don't want to go astray. Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles, let us go on. Where? He don't say, let's go on to middle school. We were in elementary, now let's go on to middle school. He says, no, let's just skip middle school. Let's skip high school. Let's just move on to perfection. Let's go to the highest level. We got the elementary basics. We got the foundational things. That's enough to stand on to reach perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptism, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. I'm going to do 1, 1 through 6, 1 through 6, guys. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, once enlightened, say, I've been enlightened. I've been, I've been enlightened. enlightened. Uh-oh, now you're in trouble because you said it. Yep. You said you were enlightened. Now we got to go on to have and have tasted the heavenly gifts and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come if they fall away to renew again to repentance since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. When you have been enlightened and know the things of God, you know the word, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're baptized in water, you've had laid of hands upon you, but you fall away, you, 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 you crucify again Jesus Christ and you put him to open shame. Now, let me just ask you a question. I'm going to close. Let me just ask you a question. You want intimacy. You want Jesus to show up in power in your life. Say, I want that. But now don't answer this one. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Now, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, but we've got to be in Christ Jesus to have no condemnation. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? And if you're not, and you're still wondering why there's no intimacy, why you're not experiencing the greater levels because you're disobedient in the Word, in your authorities, and in, in things that are being told to you by your boss at work, and in, in the things that are being told by someone that's been placed over you because you think you get to decide who's in charge and who's not. Now answer this question. If you're someone living that way and the word of God is true, let's just pretend this is true, guys, because I believe. And you're crucifying Jesus again and placing him for open shame, you're allowing the king of glory to be placed in open shame. If you was him, would you come for that person? Would you be intimate with that person? Or would you say you have my salvation until you turn from your wicked ways? I simply can't be intimate. So just think about that. 
Because I want to be, I want to be in the order of Melchizedek. I want to be listed in such a way that they don't mention my father or my, my mother. They don't mention my birth or my death. But that I would be crowned little K, king of peace. That I could be crowned little K, king of righteousness. That I could be a part of a order that's royal and everlasting. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for the life of Paul. We thank you for the great teaching and the epistle he wrote. That we can study it and go deeper and try to understand it. That we can become more like you. That we don't have to live in shame. That we don't have to live in regret. That we don't have to live in doubt. That we don't have to live in disobedience. That we don't have to crucify you again. That we don't have to place you in shame. But we can simply choose from this moment forward to love you, to embrace our suffering, to find joy in it. Because we know your word to be eternal, we know your word to be true. That our suffering brings perfection. And that when we're tested, and we overcome, we're then able to bring others out of the testing that they went through, that the temptation that they are going through because we went through it. And we remain faithful in the things pertaining to you, God. So, Father, I ask in Jesus. To allow me to be made perfect. To allow me to be faithful in the things of you. When temptation comes. When suffering comes. So that I may be made more like your son. Because there's work to be done. There's work to be done. I need his spirit. I need his spirit to fall like a mighty wind through my veins. Sweeping up all the impurities and pushing them out of my life. I need to be more and only your spirit can help me do it. Only your spirit can help me be guided in to more of the truth. Yahweh, have your way. I ask these things in your precious son's name, whose blood was dripped down the post when he cursed the tree. When his blood fell upon the dirt to redeem the land. 
redeem me, Lord. Sanctify, make me holy and righteous. Call me away, call me away from the things of man. So that I may be perfect in you. Jesus' name.